0: There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father, Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. And Abraham replied, they they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Thanks be to God. First of
1: all, let me share with you how excited I am about this particular message. Why are you excited, Pastor? Because I want to share with you that in this particular t- gospel lesson, we are constantly reminded of uh, a priority of Jesus Christ. So let me just share with you that another title for the message today is Closing the Gap, Closing the Gap. We as followers of Jesus Christ recognize that whenever someone comes at up with a particular philosophy or with a particular rule, or with a particular understanding, one of the first things we ask ourselves is, how is this in alignment with the person and teachings of Jesus Christ? And and the reason why we have to ask that question is because we know that Jesus Christ is the highest revelation of God. If I want to get an understanding of who God is, how God thinks, what concerns God, all I have to do is to look at Jesus Christ. That's really simple. That's why today, as I listen to various news reports and people talk about God, 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 I asked a question. So the God whom you're lifting up, the God who you say you're listening to, is, is that the God that Jesus Christ has revealed? Because you see, if the answer is no, then that means that I'm not to follow your God nor you. I love this text, I love this text, because what we as followers of Jesus Christ know is Jesus Christ is concerned about possessions. When you look at the text, we know that what we're talking about is a gap between what? The rich and the poor, the have and the have-nots. Now, before someone thinks, oh, Jesus is anti-wealth, no way. No, Jesus is not anti-wealth. No. As a matter of fact, fact, I would suggest to you that Jesus is thankful for people who are wealthy because Jesus knows that wealthy people who have given their heart to him will use their wealth to advance his kingdom here on earth. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hey, amen. Yeah, so he, he's not anti-wealth. No, 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 no. What Jesus is against is people who allow the wealth To start possessing them. That is why. That is why. And you've heard me say this before. That is why Jesus talks more. About money. And possessions. Than any other topic. Including prayer. Let me say that again. Jesus. Talks more about money. And possessions any other topic because he understands that when the possessions begin to possess us it is difficult for us to respond as followers of Jesus Christ let's look at the lesson let's look at the lesson today so in our story what we see is someone who is uh, rich no doubt about it Uh, purple is a sign of luxury royalty Uh, this man is eating the best foods, and uh, he is really living the life. Now, what would that look like to you, to live the life? You can fill in your own definition. I won't ask you to share it with the rest of us. At the same time, there is someone who would be considered marginalized, vulnerable, and yet... What we see as we continue to read this story is that there's a reversal of positions, isn't there? The one who was poor, the one who was suffering here on earth now finds comfort, whereas before he experienced affliction, and the one who experienced comfort is now experiencing that affliction. So let me ask you this question. What will it take for us to close the gap, the gap between the haves and the have-nots, the gap between the oppressed and those who are not oppressed. What does it take to close the gap? I would suggest to you that this particular uh, text helps us to answer that question. First of all, it's important to see. You see, the rich man never saw Lazarus. I don't know if the rich man left his home and left through his gate, walked through his gate. He never saw Lazarus, although Lazarus was right there, but he never saw him. So if we're going to, if we're going to close the gap between people, individuals, and groups, first of all, we have to see as Jesus sees, and Jesus sees everybody. That's why when you come in to worship on a Sunday morning and I ask you to please not only greet the people who are worshiping with us online, but also greet those who are in the sanctuary because I want you to see everybody, not just your BFFs who came to church, but also to see the person who may be sitting by himself or herself. Jesus saw everybody. The second thing that we can glean from this text Um, If we want to close the gap as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to connect with others as Jesus connected with others. Jesus connected with everyone. Right now in our society, people are are being led and encouraged to just hang out with their own. You know, stay within your own homogeneous group. Stay with the people who think like you and act like you and talk like you. Stay within your bubble. Jesus was a bubble burster. Jesus said, look, I'm glad that you have your friends, but also step beyond your circle of friends and see the stranger. The one who does not look like you, the one who does not talk like you, the one who may not even have the same zip code as you, connect with them. Women say, well, pastor, how, how can I do that? I mean, I live in a certain community. It's contained. I can go to the grocery store in my neighborhood. I can fill up my car with gas in my neighborhood. So when you go out to eat, try a different restaurant in another neighborhood. When you decide to do something for fun, go to a different area of the community. By the way, be it work or play, Connect with those workers and those students whom you normally would not connect with. Oh, my gracious. There is such a movement to not connect with others. And yet, if we are to understand the other, we're not to rely on some news reporter to tell us about the other. No, we are to connect with the other and discover for ourselves who they are. And then finally, not only to connect with them, but then to engage with them, to be vulnerable. You see, when we see and connect and engage then with others that the rich man did not see, nor connect with, nor en- connect to or engage with, then we, we are able then to live out the great, commandment that Jesus gave us in Matthew 25, right? He said, you know, I was hungry, and and you fed me. I was sick, and you came to see me. See, I can only do that if I see you. Now, I will share with you why I'm excited about this, because what I know is that first and foremost, foremost, we must close the gap that may exist here within the community of faith. We must take the time to see one another. We must take the time to connect with one another. We must take the time to engage with one another. Listen to the stories of your brothers and sisters. And then we will be able to go out beyond this sanctuary, to go out beyond these walls and connect with our Neighborhood, our community within a one-mile radius. There's going to be a slight growth of people in the ages of between the ages of 14 and 25. There will be a growth amongst people who are between the ages of 49 and 54. And what we know in this community within a one-mile radius that there are female head of households that outnumber males head of households. What we know, what we know is that there are people within a one-mile radius of our community who are looking for someone who will see them, who will connect with them, who will engage with them. First and foremost, we must strengthen our connections with one another. What does that look like, Pastor? that, That just looks like when you see Speak. When you see someone, speak to them. Ask them, just how are you doing? What does that look like, Pastor? Pray for one another within this community of faith. Because the stronger that we are with our connections with one another... The stronger we'll be able to go out into the community, and I know someone may be thinking, "Pastor, I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just worn out. I'm just tired." And my response to you is this, beloved. Rest. Rest. Allow the Lord to minister now to you. For those of you who've been giving, 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 and giving, and giving, and giving giving some more to the point that you're now tired, rest. Allow the Lord to minister to you now, now. Now, when you rest... Don't start filling up that space with something else. No, literally rest. I jokingly said as I was preparing for the children's moment, I'm tired. So let me just share this with you. Pastor, um, probably within the last two weeks, I've just really felt tired. And I know why. Because I've not taken care of myself. That's a public confession. But guess what? As of this past weekend, I made a declaration. I'm gonna take better care of myself. I wonder, is that a declaration that maybe you need to make as well? That you'll take better care of yourself? Not so that you can do more, no. But so that you and I can experience the fullness of Jesus Christ more. So that we can live as Christ would have us to live in an intimate relationship with him. Because when people see one who has taken the time to rest, who has taken the time to grow deeper in one's relationship with Jesus Christ, they'll be ready to say i want what you have <laughs> i want to know about this jesus yes jesus is not anti-wealth jesus is against wealth the people who allow their possessions to possess them because when they do When wealth possesses people, then people cannot see as Jesus would see. People cannot connect as Jesus would connect, and people cannot engage as Jesus would engage. So one may be saying, well, Pastor, you've not been talking to me because I don't have wealth. But what do you have that you've not allowed Jesus to take control of? Hmm. As we continue to live as followers of Jesus Christ, may we continue to see, to connect, and engage with others as Jesus would have us to. And if and when we find that we're just too exhausted to do so, then may we go to the one who's able to renew us and strengthen us, the one who is able to minister to us as only he can. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse one, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. That's a strange verse right now, pastor, as you bring closure to this text. It may sound strange, But what Jesus is saying to us this day is that I want you to know me as intimately as you believe you know God. I want you to believe in me as intimately as you say you believe in God. I want you to trust me as intimately as you say you trust God. Loving God, we give you thanks for reminding us what your priorities are. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us know that you do see everyone, the poor, the oppressed, the invisible, the marginalized. You see those who are struggling with wealth, trying to figure out how to use it you see all. Through your Holy Spirit, speak to us. Whether we have little or much, speak to us and teach us how to see, how to connect, and how to engage with others just as you did as you walked here on earth.
0: Amen.